This is the Publicity for Pet Businesses podcast with Rachel Spencer. Listen in each week for tips on ways to win media coverage and create content to make sure your pet business stands out from the competition. Hey, and thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the podcast. I have got a really exciting episode for you. I'm talking to Debbie Greaves, who is the founder of Barking Bags. And on January the 27th, so a week before this episode goes out, she appeared on Dragon's Den. She had some investment from one of the dragons as well, Sarah Davies. And she's talking all about what it's like to go onto Dragon's Den from what happens when you apply, what happens when you're in the room what goes through your mind when you're talking to the dragons, what investment means for her business and how she went about getting on their radar in the first place and also the impact of being on Dragon's Den on her sales. So at the beginning of the podcast you will hear a lot of pinging and it is Debbie's Spotify account registering how many bags were being bought. So I do hope it's not a distraction. It does stop after the first part of the conversation but it does also show the impact of getting amazing exposure like that. So Huge thanks to Debbie. She took time out the day after she'd been on Dragon's Den, so I'm really grateful to Debbie for taking time out to record this episode with me. So now onto the main part of the show. I hope you enjoy this episode and I hope it inspires you to think big when it comes to getting your pet business out there. So now onto the main part of the show. So Debbie, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you and happy birthday, Rachel. Oh, thank you. We're recording this on my birthday as well. So this is <laughs> basically I wanted to chat to Debbie and I thought I'll pull out the birthday card because I know she's going to be really busy today. She was on TV last night. So um, she's very kindly made my birthday wish come true. <laughs> so Debbie, tell us a bit about you and what you do in your pet business. So, well, um, until <laughs> until recently, I was semi-retired. It looks like I'm going to be busy again. Um, yeah. My background is I was a teacher. My husband and I were both teachers. And um, and when I stopped work to look after my dad, who was in his 90s and I needed to be a home carer, I thought it was time to get a dog. Yeah. Because um, we'd always wanted one. And I was going to be home a lot more. So we, we got a dog. And uh, I realised that there was a gap in the market for a bag that I could carry all her paraphernalia with me. Um, when I was out and about on my walks yeah and that's how the business started really okay so tell us a bit about your product as well um, I know I'm really familiar with it because we've worked together for a while but tell us a bit about your actual product that you created and how it all came together okay so um, <laughs> I am um, when I first got the dog and realized I needed to carry things with me and if you've ever had a dog you'll realize that you 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 carry poo bags and treats and perhaps a ball you might need certainly until recently you know I always well not even recently I always carry hand sanitizer with me even pre-covid you know um and it was how I was trying to figure out how I would carry it all and I couldn't find anything on the market this was probably six years ago there was nothing really suitable and so I bought a second-hand bag from the Oxfam shop yeah and I messed around with it and made it work for me and I used to go out on my walks with this Oxfam bag and I had a side pocket on it yeah um, that I used to so when I if my dog performed I would pick up her dog weight <laughs> bag it and stick it in my bag yeah and one day I was out walking and as you do you got I got talking to somebody 
thought no more about it. The dog performed. I picked up her waist and I stuck it in my bag. And this woman just stood still and looked at me. Yeah. I didn't know what she was looking at. And then I suddenly thought, oh, my God, she thinks I'm putting dog waste in my handbag, which is what she had thought. <laughs> so, so I explained to her it was my dog walking bag. And, and when I got home, I said to my husband, I've got to design a bag that's got paw prints all over it so people yeah. don't think I'm the crazy dog poo collector. Um, and so that was the idea behind it. I'm not a designer by trade, you know, I was a teacher, um, but I used to work in the university sector. So I went back to the university and spoke to the fashion design team yeah. and said, would some students like to work with me um, to give me some ideas on how to go about doing it? Wow. Um, so I worked with students at Nottingham Trent University, fantastic bunch of students, fantastic lecturer. They worked with me. It was it was an amalgamation of different ideas that came. That's how we came to create the bag, and um, and then I commissioned their lecturer to actually create the prototype for me. So he designed yeah. the final prototype. Um, so that's how it all kind of started, and the product itself. Um, I th we've amended it a little bit over time, but the basic idea is still as it was. There's a place to carry your water. There's a place that you can carry your wet toys and stuff in. It's mm -hmm. a mesh pocket. So if, you, if you've got a sandy, you know, sandy dog toy and it goes in the mesh pockets, the sand gets out without you losing your toys. Um, you, there's an option to buy a bag with an extra wide side pocket. So if you don't want to carry dog waste in your hand, you can pop it in this side pocket. Yeah. And close it without having to touch all the waste um it's got a place for hand sanitizer it's got poo bags on a roll so you always know you're carrying a poo bag just by looking at it you'll see one poking out of the front pocket um there's bags of room on the internal part of the bag for your own personal stuff for your mobile phone or your keys or whatever you take and um and it's got a, a sealable zip pocket for valuables as well. Yeah. Oh, and a little a little section at the front for what we call recall treats. Yes. If, you, if you're training your dog, you're more likely to use um, the big side pocket to carry loads of treats because you're going to be treating, you know, rewarding constantly. Yeah. But for me now, my dog's trained. Um, I still tr I still reward her when we're out on our walks every now and again I'll just you know I'll call her back and when I call her back I don't want to be looking for the treats they're in the front pocket it's there um you know so so I can reward her immediately I'm not searching for the treats okay so we had to take a little break there because Debbie's Shopify notifications were just going off all of the time which is brilliant because you were making so many sales um, and just it's just so brilliant to see. So I know obviously you've had the great big, um, great big exposure last night on Dragon's Den. But can you tell us a little bit about um, how? So when you first started out, when you had your barking bags, you've made this brilliant product, had all the help from the students and great collaboration and everything. How you went about getting the word out there about your barking bags? Um, well, initially we just thought we would have. It would be a little business, a little family business that we play with kind of at weekends and stuff because people had said they like the product. And so 
we thought, yeah, well, let's share that with other people. So we went to one or two shows, little shows, and the bags sold out. And um, and then we went from we we let from that to a tiny little show. We went to um, Discover Dogs in London at the Excel Centre. So we went from little tiny 200 people at a local show to however many thousand they get to the Excel. And again, it, it you know we sold really they sold really well, <clears throat> and that was without any advertising at all. Yeah. Um, and so we thought, okay, we really have got a product here. And, you know, we, we took the opportunity then to try and find out more about how we could promote the product. Um, and we joined Pet Industry Federation. Yeah. And that's where we came across Rachel Spencer, this wonderful lady <laughs> who told us all about tips on really getting out there, selling ourselves, selling our bags, um, using um seos is that the right phrase um you know uh writing blogs about what we're doing and actually that kind of fitted our brand um one of the things we wanted to do was to be an ethical business Mm -hmm. we want people to be responsible dog owners or to assist people to be responsible dog owners i think most people are i mean obviously there's always one or two but sometimes like something like dog waste People will think it's fine to leave their dog waste in a field that they're walking through. Um, and it, if, they, if they think nobody's going to step on it or it's not going to get in the way. But in actual fact, dog waste can be toxic. <laughs> it, you know, it's, it's not like sheep droppings or cow pats. Dogs uh, eat meat. Yeah. Uh, most dogs eat meat. And, um, and so there's, there's toxins and in their dog waste, which, if ingested by another animal, can be really, really dangerous. I mean, sheep are known to abort their their lambs um, because of poisons in their toxins in their dog waste. So, you know, I've actually spoken to people who have adopted the stick and flick approach to dog yeah. waste. Um, and actually, when you talk to them, because they're animal lovers, they're horrified to find out that if they've left it, it might be doing damage to other other creatures. Yeah. Um, there are even horror stories of um, horses um, smelling out the grain in the dog waste when it's when it's bagged up and hanging off trees, and yeah. they go and eat the dog waste off the trees in the bags, mm-hmm. and it. And, you know, horses have actually died from doing that. And if you're a dog lover, do you want to know that your, your, you know, your attempt or lack of care with the environment has caused the death of another creature? Um, You know, so we we like to, writing our blogs is actually a way for us to share our knowledge, really. Yeah, and also, um, I love that, and well, not obviously about the horses dying and stuff, that's awful, but I love that you, um, I think I think people write off blogging because I know we've got social media and we've got all these brilliant things that we can do, but the thing is you can share your blogs on social media and it all kind of feeds each other, doesn't it, as a nice cycle. But I do think blogging and having all that content on your website, which you've done, is a really good way to just set your stall out really digitally and talk about your values, what you're all about, but also about your mission. So you've got your mission is to stop I know you've got many missions, I guess, but I guess your real mission is that dog owners can 
you know, have a nice time with the dogs. The dogs get everything that they want because they've got the treats and the balls and all the things in the bag. But also, you know, you're stopping that, you know, that terrible situation where animals are losing their lives because people are being inconsiderate with dog waste and leaving it in trees and all of those things that you've just talked about. Um, and I think it's lovely that you can share that on your website and it's, it will also, I imagine, really help people when they're making a buying decision, won't it? Because yeah. they can see what you're all about. What kind of feedback do you get from, you, from, your, from your super fans? Because I know you've got a lot of them. Yeah, I mean, people... People seem to like what we're saying. People say that they're they're reading it, they're being informed about things that they didn't know. People, um, I remember having a conversation again with you, Rachel, about a newsletter. Yeah. I think would people read my newsletter if I write it? Because you you never entirely know. Well, we've put um, we do an NHS discount for nurses. Yeah. Well, not for nurses, for carers, for nurses, for doctors, anybody in the medical profession. Yeah. Um, and uh, and we we advertise it on our newsletter, and so I know that people are reading the newsletter because they're seeing that advert and they're saying we saw it on your newsletter. Yeah. And actually, the discipline of writing a newsletter for anybody with a pet business is really good because you have to plan what you're going to do. So we sit down as a team and we'll look at what's coming up in. March, April, which of course yeah. is Easter. So we're thinking, okay, what do we need to be telling people about Easter and dogs? Well, so then you do some research and you find out, of course, that chocolate is poisonous for dogs. So warning people about Easter eggs, um, that um, hot cross buns are dangerous for dogs because they've got currants and sultanas in them so you you're planning ahead all the time and then you can plan in your your any uh, product advertising that you want to do around the easter theme and it's making you think it's it's making you plan rather than just being reactive yeah and i think that's a good habit to get into really yeah i agree i'm in the process actually of um completely revamping my newsletter because i used to just send out an email when i had a podcast out so when this goes out i'll send an email to people who are on my list and um, but i realized i did a newsletter training actually with a lady called helen perry and she's amazing and i realized that i needed to be doing more so i will be doing a much more planned newsletter more magazine style like you've described where you talk about what's happening in the news i'll share you know I'll share client wins. I'll share the podcast episode. I'm going to talk about, you know, other things I've read, books I might have read, that kind of thing. And getting into that habit is really good, but it's also helping you build a relationship with your your people as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And making them feel special as well. Cause I know I mentioned super fans before, but like you could, you know, you could talk about your super fans in there, like, you know, Emily Jean Hill, who I know is like such a fan. I know she's written loads about your bags and stuff, but mm-hmm. it's just a nice way to show your appreciation and put put them in the spotlight as well, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, you know, go, going back to Dragon's Den last night, um, you know, we had it comes off, uh, it came across a little bit more aggressively than it really was on the yeah. on the television. But you know, the thing that riled me a bit with um, Stephen Bartlett's comments about uh the millennials not wearing the bags and using the bags and he kept saying oh well there'll be one or two out there (laughs) (laughs) I know there are not one or two you know we've never done any um uh we 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 haven't used influencers in a professional way ever 
yeah people have just chosen to support us because i think that's a more honest way of doing it i understand that there are there, you know there are some really good people out there who who do professional um you know promotions of products um and it's not something that wouldn't that I would entirely rule out, but it's not something that we've ever done. So yeah. if you read somebody saying, I really love this bag, it's genuine. We haven't asked them to do it. We haven't paid them to do it. And equally, if they say this bag's rubbish, it's not working for me, that's true reflection as well for them. Yeah. But it yeah. isn't one person or two people. I'm sorry, Stephen, there's quite a lot of you out there that are supporting us. <laughs> I know. Well, I went in my Facebook group last night and again this morning to see who was commenting. And I kind of know the ages of quite a few people in there because I've worked with them. So I know there's at least, I'd say there's at least 10 millennials who've commented on a thread in my little Facebook group. So Stephen is wrong. So I want to, okay, so let's go to Dragon's Den. We've talked about your background and all the all the fab stuff that you do, but let's talk about Dragon's Den. Talk to me. We're going to I'm going to ask you all about the show, but talk to me about how it all came about. How did you talk us through the the, the process and how you went from making your bags and minding your own business to being on telly? Right. So, so we'd started the the business was ticking over and it was doing okay, uh, and we went to and we'd got plans to develop it. This is two and a half years ago. Yeah. Um, and we were at Crufts and. We, we were a bit anxious about going to cross, I have to say, because there was this thing called COVID emerging. Oh, yeah. And we weren't really sure what that was all about. And I kept asking for reassurance. Should we be there? What's going on? I actually run International Women's Day events in Milton Keynes. I've done it for years. I've actually coordinated it. And I took the decision to cancel our International Women's Day event because of the age demographic of the women that come. Um, uh, because I wanted them to stay safe. And I was still really anxious about whether to go to Crofts or not. Anyway, given lots of reassurance, we were told that there'd be hand sanitising stations and everything else around, we took the decision to go. Um, immediately afterwards, as we were packing up to leave, um, there were people moving in to turn the, the Excel Centre into a hospital. Oh, my gosh. So I then had several weeks of sleepless nights. I didn't get ill, but I worried constantly about all the people I'd spoken to and about whether or not I'd been spreading COVID to people, not just in England. It's an international audience for crafts. So I felt let down, I have to say, by our government because they they let that go ahead. I'm not I'm not blaming the kennel club they did they they were following the guidelines as everybody else was but the government knew things behind the scenes that they weren't sharing with us yeah as is evident anyway so we were at Crufts and it's a really busy time and in the middle of it we got a phone call from Dragon's Den saying would we be interested in being on the program and I said we might be, but I'm busy selling bags at the moment. I'm at Crufts. It's like our Christmas is Crufts. We're really ludicrously busy. I can't talk to you now. When it's all over, I'll get back to you. But of course, when it was all over, everything went into shutdown. So I never got back to them. And I let it go, really. We yeah. didn't even know. And to be fair, we didn't even know whether we'd have a business at the end of all this. Nobody knew where the world was going. 
And then I remember talking to you at some point. So I'm going to blame you for this, Rachel. <laughs> and uh, and I happened to throw into the mix. This is about a year ago. Uh, I happened to throw into the mix. Oh, we'd been approached by Dragon's Den. And um, and I didn't really get back to them. And you said, why on earth haven't you got back to them? This is a, you know, this is an opportunity not to be missed. And so I took on board what you'd said. And we made contact with them. and. Well, there we are. So they, the process is long. It's arduous. I'm not going to pretend it's an easy thing to do. You know, with hindsight, would I have done it? Um, it seems to be working for us. So, yeah, it's been worth the effort. But, my goodness, you know, it's it's not just coming up with your idea and walking in front of, a, you know, four people or five people who might invest in you. Yeah. Um, you have to have... You have to fill in endless amount of forms. You have to present your um, your business plan. You have um, Zoom meeting interviews. Then you have to do um, uh, a piece where you're videoed doing your pitch. Mm-hmm. So that all had to be organised. Um, and this is even before they've said that you're going to be on the programme. Yeah. Then eventually they'll say yeah we are interested in taking it forward uh and then they send you their due diligence information which is endless anything that you've said that you've done you've got to evidence yeah which is fair enough because it's bbc but it's hard you know we'd said that we were former teachers they wanted proof that being former teachers so i had to send them my teaching certificate stuff you know, right down to that kind of detail. We told them that we worked with a charity that packs our bags for us. We had to send them evidence that we work with MK Snap. So I have a file now that's, you know, three inches, four inches deep of paperwork that they wanted to see before we even got finally selected. Wow. So, and then you go along on the day. They eventually let you know when it's happening. You go. Um, and even then, they'll tell you that probably in the day they'll be interviewing six entrepreneurs. Of those, it might only be one that will get an investment. Um, oh. And of those six that they're interviewing that day, um, they might only show one or two of you on the programme. So it's a lot to go through yeah. just to get there. But I have to say, it's it's going back to there's a theme reoccurring here about being. What I've learned from it is it's it's pushed us into doing a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. and getting our getting our house in order, if you like. Um, a lot of things that we knew we needed to do, we it just pushed us to do it. Yeah, you know, improve our branding, improve our website. All of those things, it's it's pushed us into a corner and made us do it. Until two days ago or three days ago, we were only taking uh, sales through Shopify. Yeah. We now do Klarna and PayPal and I don't know Apple Pay, and so we've got all that. Brilliant. Now. So it's pushed us into doing things that we might not have done. Wow. Okay. So I love all of this, and I love that you've been so honest as well about you know what it's really like and and you've taken this huge leap of faith and I've spoke to a couple of people who've been on Dragon's Den who've got pet businesses and 
Um, you're taking this leap of faith. And like you say, you might not make the cut. You might not get the investment and you've put all this graft in. But on, on a positive note, it's been brilliant because you've got your business in order and done all the things on the to-do list at Lingo, which we all have those, don't we? Um, yeah. But tell us, how long did it take then from you from you ringing them back and saying, actually, yeah, I think I should do this, to you were obviously on TV last night, so January the 27th, you were on TV, 2022. Yeah. Can you remember like when you made that made that first, actually, please can, please can we have a chat about this call? It was, I think it was like March time last yeah. year uh, was the first time I contacted them and they got me to fill in the form. And then, um, then we did the filming. We had to do our own filming. Normally you would go somewhere to do the filming of your pitch yeah. so that they can see how you present. Um, but because of COVID, everybody has been expected to do it themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, and they were being judgmental about, you know, yeah. if you were having to do it on a handheld camera um, phone. It was more about whether or not you could stand and talk for three minutes. Yeah which surprisingly isn't a problem for me. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so we did that. And I think we did that in in very early May. No, no, it wasn't. It was uh, March. It was April we did that. Mm-hmm. And then we did the filming back in June, so okay. quite a long time ago. And when you do the filming, from there on in, you sign a confidentiality agreement. You're not allowed to tell anybody you've yeah. done it. And that's so hard because we're having to, you know, we we were having to get ready in all sorts of ways. Um, But we couldn't tell anybody. And it was also really frustrating because you wanted to tell people. Not only that we couldn't tell them what the outcome was, we couldn't even tell them when we were on the pro. And actually, until I'm going to say five weeks ago, there was no guarantee that we would be on the TV. Yeah. We got an inkling because they asked us about whether we'd be happy to be on the trailer. Yeah. And you kind of think, well, if we're going to be on the trailer, the chances are we're going to be on the programme. So, yeah. yeah. So a lot, it's quite a process. Actually, I think this year it's been um, uh, the, the, the lead-in has been longer than normal. Yeah. Because I've spoken to people in the past who've had, you know, they've put in their application, they've done all the stuff that we had to do, and the turnaround has been like two months. Yeah. Between, you know, doing it and then filming it, and then a bit of a gap afterwards before it's actually aired. Okay. So, what I'd love to know is what it's like when you get out the lift and you go into the room. What's what? What's it like? What was going through your mind? Um. You know, I think. Standing in front of them was the easy part. Yeah. It sounds crazy, probably, but it's all the other stuff. The stuff that's given us sleepless nights is have we got enough stock? Will our website hold out? Have we got enough bandwidth so that we can take calls? Um, My personal phone number was all over the original business cards Mm -hmm. because – it was a little business. Yeah. <laughs> we've had to get, and you know, we've had to have a phone. A, a, you know, we've now got proper phones installed in the in the office and stuff. So it sounds a bit silly, but those are the things that you'd suddenly wake up in a sweat in the middle of the night, thinking, "Oh my god, if I'm on telly and everybody can get access to my private phone number," and and so you're constantly worrying about all those little things. Um, so to walk out when you get to this point where you walk out into the den, it's like okay. 
here I am. Yeah. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. I'm going to enjoy it, whatever. Um, and actually, the, the bit that you don't see, a bit, you know, with, with Sarah Davis, which was just delightful, I walked in and I'm wearing a green shirt um, with my bag on it. And I looked across and there's all this sea of faces. They smile at you, but they've all got their little books there and looking, you know, like they're going to be interrogating you. And um, Sarah Davis looked at me and pointed to my shirt. And my shirt was all wrinkled up because it had been caught on the on the bag. Yeah. And then she she pointed at me again and indicated that I needed to pull it all forward because in changing it, it all moved back. And this was a sort of woman-to-woman conversation without any words. Oh, and then look at the outcome. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it was lovely. And she put me at ease immediately. Oh. She put me at ease immediately. Um, I mean, there are, you, we were in there for an hour and a half. So that gets edited down to yeah. a minute and whatever it is. No, nine minutes or whatever it was. So there's a lot that's missed. Um, poor old Rob doesn't feature much on the television program because he had all his figures nailed. Yeah, oh, that's good. Nailed. So it's not it's not newsworthy, is it? You ask him what the figures are, and he tells you. It's like, yeah. oh, right, okay, you know what you're doing. So this, <laughs> listen, he he was waking up in the middle of the night reciting figures, um, uh, and it didn't get it didn't get aired. Um, so there are loads of bits that are missed. We've 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 built the business on ethical principles or are trying. I'm sure people can pick holes in what we do. There are things that I'd like to improve, <laughs> but um, all of that got missed out of the program um, because they have to edit, you know. Otherwise, it'd be the whole program just about us, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but that got missed, and I was a bit sad. The only bit that I felt really quite sad about on the whole thing was. Um, we have our bags are all handmade in India and we've got a really good relationship with our manufacturers. And um, I'd said to Tuka Solomon that we didn't want to abandon our manufacturers because there's a bit in there where he was questioning us about how much we pay to get them here yeah. and stuff. And I said, what I said to him was, um, we want to be loyal to them and we will keep working with them. But if there's an opportunity to find another match manufacturer to manufacture the things that we'll sell at wholesale, um, then we'd, we'd be open to looking for that because yeah. we can't offer at wholesale at the price we're currently selling our bags at. Um, and what they cut it out to was me saying to Tuka Suleiman, oh, before you go, can you give me any contacts you've got for manufacturers? So yeah. it looked like I was trying to abandon our current people, and we really, really aren't. Yeah, so. like you say, ninety minutes of editing down to nine yeah. minutes, yeah. Um, and it is telly as well, isn't it? Yeah. So we see the nine minutes, and you are there for ninety minutes. What's it like? Um, you know how? Because I think if I was on Dragon's Den, like I would be so nervous. I would, when I'm nervous, I shake, my mouth goes dry, I can't speak. What were you like? Um, actually, we're both okay. Do you know, yeah. we, 
we're teachers. Ah, yes, <laughs> you know, true. Nothing beats a Friday afternoon with no cover work that you're asked to go and cover, you know, your year 10 class that are can't be bothered and you've got to go in and wing it. So with, you know, we've got that on our side, I think. I, I do think that helps. Um, and I and I wasn't worried about them. I, I believed in the product. So if they didn't like it, that was, you know, that yes. was be their choice. Um, and I thought we'd get some exposure. And I thought, because I believe in the product, I thought that people who saw the bag in action would would be interested in purchasing one in fact one of the bits that's, there is another bit that got missed out which is a we we actually took a coat uh, a coat stand with us yes um and the last bit of my uh, the spiel that we gave was that if you hang your bag on a hook by your front door you're always good to go and in actual fact, it saved our relationship at some level in our family because we were forever arguing about who's got the dog lead, where's the dog's ball, where, where, who's got the treats, where are the poo bags? You know, you're just about to leave the, the house and you're suddenly hunting for everything. And now it's all in the bag and it's on a hook by the door. So there's never any question. Um, and that was another bit that got edited out. And I think that's a really good selling point. Yeah, it's totally. Just, it's there. Um, so there were things that got missed. Um, but, yeah, on the whole, it was – and they kindly, actually. Um, and the comment that Peter Jones made about really having to put massive investment in to upscale it is true. You know, we knew that. Um, so what they said, what all of them said, was was fine. Even Even – you know, Stephen Bartlett, who was saying it wasn't really for him because he wouldn't look very sexy with a, a, a barking bag. Well, that's fine. You know, if everybody wore the same clothes and carried the same bags, we'd be a sad place. You know, it's not if it's not for him, it's not for him. I don't care. Um, as long as it's good for other people. Yeah. I would like to know where he carries his dog poo, though. I know. I think you need, we need to go and walk around Manchester and find out what where he is. And we, 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 we're going, you're going to end up like stalking Stephen Barlow. Like, oh, yeah. See what he does with this poo and what his, what his man bag's like. I need to see what he. he one of my, in fact, my brother's um, ex partner used to work. Well, he works at Social Chain where he used to work. Um, so yeah, I think I might I might have to do a little bit of digging now and find out where he walks his dog so we can go and see what he does. Because I I go back <laughs> to Manchester a lot when I see my mum. I wanted to ask you a few questions because what I did, because um, there was so much excitement in my Facebook group last night and yesterday about you being on and everyone was great. All the millennials were raving about your bags. <laughs> um, but I asked, I thought I'd ask and see if anybody had any questions this morning. Um, and I've got a couple of questions from Kim, um, Kim Willis, who helps me. She's a brilliant social media person, social media lady and a dog mum as well. So she asked about mindset and applying. Were you? What was your mindset when you applied? Were you... Were you um, were you, you know, how did you feel? And also, what was your reaction when you found out you were going to be on? Yeah, it's been a roller coaster throughout, actually, because you kind of think, yeah, okay, I'll give it a punt. And then you sit down to fill in the form and you sign. You think, oh, it's a long form. And they're asking all sorts of questions. And you have to root through, you know, what month did you register your design? Can you send us photographs of your original designs? All that sort of stuff. So you kind of, it's quite exciting and then there's a lot of work 
And then you wait and you think, mm, am I going to get through the next hurdle? And then, oh, yes, I have. And then that was, oh, oh, all right then. So it buoys you up. So yeah. when the next thing comes, you think, okay, I can handle that. And then you look at it and you think, oh, God, now I've got to do a three-minute pitch and I've got to do, you know. So all the way along, I think, um, yeah, I, I, I can only describe it as a roller coaster. Yeah. Uh, even last night, you know, because – it, obviously we knew we'd got an investment so yes. last night should have been a joyous occasion but it was anxious because we didn't know how they were going to present us yeah Rob was really worried that they were going to present us as the old couple who've used their retirement money for a new venture you know yeah you too can do something when you're old oh my god you're not old <laughs> he was he was looking at himself in the mirror and, and saying, oh, God, I look fat and all that sort of thing. It was really funny, you know, that he was the one that was feeling his age. Um, but they didn't think it. They mentioned it briefly. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. So, yeah. Does that kind of answered your question? I guess so. I'd love to know what your reaction was when you found out you were on. Like, were you literally like jumping up and down screaming or oh, yeah. how did you react? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Of course yeah. you do. You, it's, it's wild. and. Um, and, be, and when you'd picked up from the programme, we went with our eldest daughter. They both, both our daughters worked for the NHS. So getting time off is almost impossible. But it just so happened that our eldest um, had holiday that. Uh, oh, no, she didn't have holiday. She, she, she would have had the holiday the next day. She'd done a night shift. This is, this is loyalty. She'd done a night shift. She works at Great Ormond Street. She got on the train and left in the morning and arrived at the at the uh, in Manchester yeah and uh she looked after and she stayed we, we stayed the night before um so she came straight from her night shift so she was sort of her her um her body clock was all over the shop um and she but she was really good and she helped us behind the scenes and I forgot why I was going to mention her oh did she look after your dog when you when she did? She looked yeah. after the dog the whole time we were there, yeah. and she was the one that I referred to about about Stephen <laughs> Bartlett. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, I also wanted to ask, and also, and so did so does Joe Mills. Joe wants to ask um, what happens after the program. So when you get you get told you know you've got the investment and you walk out, what happens after that? Uh, right. Well, before COVID. I think uh, you would get normally you'd you'd all get together with the dragons and have a chat and mm -hmm. you know if you want to stay behind and stuff. Um, but because of COVID, they were keeping us all separate, so we didn't even get to meet the other investors. Everybody was in little pods on their own. Yeah. Oh, um, and I really feel now I really feel for people that are pitching on their own. Yeah, because we got there at something like half past six in the morning and I think we went into film about one o'clock 12 o'clock maybe and there were some people that were there way after us well I know there were people that were there way after us yeah. um and so if you're on your own um I'm sure that anxiety just gets more and more extreme oh my gosh yeah you'd be in such a state wouldn't you yeah you know and there's only so many times you can practice your pitch and look at your figures um but anyway so the, what happened to us was that we did meet up with Sarah immediately afterwards um 
and and had a chat with her. She took some photos on her mobile phone of us all together. Yeah. But because she works for the BBC, of course, it's a bit of an oxymoron, this programme, because she can't endorse our product mm-hmm. because she would be seen to be breaking BBC guidelines to endorse yeah. us. So she can help us behind the scenes, but she can't be the face of Barking Bags in yeah. any way. Um, and in fact, we can't even we can use the words as seen on the BBC, but we can't use their logo. We can't use the Dragon's Den logo on anything because it's a BBC programme. Wow. OK. So that and I think looking back at people who've been on it in the past, they still have stuff on their website with a Dragon's Den logo and everything. But that's certainly not the case now. There's really tight rules. Um, so yeah, we took photographs, but they're not. We're not allowed to use them. So it was lovely, and it was lovely to speak to her. And she said, "Oh, you know," <clears throat> um, she said, "The bad news is there's going to be more due diligence because obviously she and her team are now looking into the business and drilling down on all our figures." So she goes, "We, you know, we go away. Uh, we have." Uh, bottles of champagne and uh, in fact we didn't because we then had to drive back to Milton Keynes we couldn't even have a drink so we got in the car and drove back and then we had a a glass of champagne that night and chatted with the family and everybody was really pleased for us um and then it was about I don't maybe even um, I think we might have had a a touch base email from Sarah's uh PA yeah who said, <clears throat> I'm going to be working with you from here on in and I will be in touch, you know, shortly and I'll send you loads of information. And that's where the relationship is. It's very much with her team. Mm-hmm. So Sarah's team support us in the background. Um, and her PA is just lovely. And, you know, she's a dog She's a dog owner herself, so she absolutely got it. Brilliant. She absolutely got it, yeah. So tell me about um, when you, before you, so you go into the den and you do your pitch and you're having that, that 90 minutes, which sounds so nerve wracking, but also really yeah. exciting as well. Did you have a, did you have a dragon in mind who you thought would go for your product or who you'd like to have worked with? Um, I think the obvious one was going to be Deborah. Yeah. Deborah Reedon. She's a dog owner. I mean, ironically, all four of them, apart from Sarah, uh, dog owners and Sarah's yeah. another dog. Um, uh, so we thought Sarah, uh, we thought Deborah Meadow would be interested. Um, she, you might have picked up on the program, she had just broken her wrist like yeah. a week before. And uh, I think she was in quite a lot of discomfort. Um, and uh, she wasn't as feisty as she often is. Yes. So we were a bit surprised that she didn't come forward, I have to say. Um, but any one of them, I mean, we, we'd really like Tuka. Um, so any one of them would have been good. Uh, and a bit of me thought, oh, maybe I need somebody like, they all bring different things, don't they? Yeah. You know, Stephen Bartlett, no, what he doesn't know about social media isn't probably isn't worth knowing to be where he is at his age. Yeah. So amazing, he could have brought it? a lot to the table as well. But yeah, we were just happy to. And Sarah's lovely. She's so easy. And so she is the person that you see on the Dragon's Den and on Strictly. She's very um, grounded and lovely. Yeah, she seems very sweet. So when she when she said, um, when she said, right, I'm in, 
How did you feel? Oh, got a, a, an immense sense of relief because yeah. they all started dropping out. <clears throat> and I think because we've watched hundreds of these programs, you know, one thing I would say to anybody, a real learning piece is do your homework. Yeah. Do your homework. So we watched all, you know, hundreds of Dragon's Den things in the past. And what tends to happen is if somebody from the outset is quite negative, they bring the others with them. Yeah. Likewise, if somebody's very positive, all the others are sitting on the edge of their chair. And the first comment was Stevens saying, I don't really like the bag and the millennials won't use it. And I just thought, oh, my God, we're going down a black hole here and we'll never come back. So that was quite dispiriting, I have to say. And I felt I really had to fight to keep the rest of them on board. So when we got the offer, it was like, whoa, hooray. And yeah. she did ask us for more equity than we'd originally thought and agreed that we would go for. But, you know, what else? The, the support, her connections and what she can bring to the table is worth a lot more than, you know, the £35,000 yeah. investment. Yeah, it is incredible, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so I wanted to ask you as well. Um, I know that you work with I know that you you collaborate with other pet brands because obviously I've got your bag and when when you sent me when I ordered my bag and everything it came with lots of other little it came with poo bags, obviously, and it came with um lots of other lovely things you put in there. I think I've got, yeah. got a torch and a bowl and lots of other little goodies, which is just brilliant. But if there's people listening. Um, other people who have pet businesses and they either want to work with you maybe as a supplier like the poo bag brands or the um, or to actually sell your bags um, you know in their shops or on their websites what's the best um, you know how do you work with other pet businesses what's the best way yeah. to <clears throat> um, I think one of the drivers for us has always been um, supporting um, supporting new businesses like us and supporting other pet people. If you go to, you know, like we do all the dog shows and stuff, and you stand on your on your stall, and either side of the oak is somebody else, and it, on nine times out of ten, it's lovely. People will say, "Do you want a coffee? I'll look after your stall while you go." Or, you know, "Oh, I like your product. Um, you really ought to go to such and such a show because it'll sell well." The pet people talk to one another and support one another incredibly well, and. Um, we wanted to champion compostable poo bags as opposed to biodegradable ones yeah. because the biodegradable ones break down. Again, this is an education thing. You know, it's yeah. only looking into it. I didn't know, so why would everybody else know? Um, you know, but biodegradable ones break down, but they leave residue particles of plastic, whereas the compostable ones are made of plants. So they compost down completely. So they don't leave any traces of plastic in the environment. Um, so we wanted to champion that. And I spoke to a couple of um, poo bag suppliers, um, the biggest one being Beco Pets, and the other one is Planet Underdog, who had just launched and said, look, maybe we can work together. Maybe you can put some free samples in our bags and we can promote you so that everybody who gets one of our bags gets to know about your product. And if you put a little code, voucher code in there, you'll, you can track and see if you get sales. Uh, from the outset, we did exactly the same with Platinum 
uh, pet food. Our dog just, she's a really fussy eater. And we got platinum and she loved it, absolutely loved it. And um, and so I approached them and said, send to them, if you want to put some treats in our bag, we can send them out for you. And if you put a voucher code in, who knows, it might support you. Yeah. And we did it, then we did exactly the same with Scrumbles. So, and Scrumbles, again, um, uh, we, we work together. So it, it, it's not cost-free for them because they're giving us a lot of samples and bits and pieces, but it's kind of free advertising that yeah. they're not having to deal with. They're not having to pack them and put, we do all that and send them out and pay for the postage and packing with more. Um, so that's how it works for us. Um, and if it's a pet shop business, one of the things that we found from we haven't until now we haven't done wholesale, but our local pet shops have been really supportive of us because we've talked to them all the time about what we do um, and get advice from them. And they've talked about how to display things. And this is just our little pet shop down the road. She's lovely. Sharon, I can't big her up enough. She's been so helpful. Um, and uh, so we talked to them about how to display things, what would work well and stuff. And she's, what she said when she sold our bags is that for her, it's great because people might buy a bag because they've got a new dog. And then she says, well, have you thought about buying a collapsible pool bag, a collapsible water bottle to put in it? Have you thought about getting some balls? Oh, look, these Kong balls are really good. She fills them. So what people go in to her shop to buy is a bag and they come out with a bag with loads of accessories. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. And and it goes beyond the, the uh, I have to say, it goes beyond the pet industry. We have deliberately gone to young new business startups for all our other advice our new website was designed by a lad who was 20 when we commissioned him to do it wow and it's lovely and he's 21 <laughs> now and it's just amazing and he's worked his socks off because for him this is a really big thing to have a big brand that he can now say and I'm saying to him tell everybody you've yeah. worked on a product that's now been on Brown's Den you know website designer of entrepreneurs on Brown's Den um, it's the same with the guy that did um, he he does our filming for us little film clips that we put on. So now you have to say all these clips that you see are done by me, and that's where I've taken this business. Yeah. Um, yeah. So all of them. Rachel, who, if you look uh, on on the photograph that the BBC have released actually of us on Dragon's Den. Uh, there's one of her pet portraits on the table. Yeah. And I'd worked with Rachel right from the outset. So she puts in to our bags a little flyer all about her um, her artwork. I mean, she is just – and there's loads of extraordinary art, pet artists out there, but, you know, Rachel to me is just fantastic. I think it's probably the name that's so good. <laughs> <laughs> so, but she uh, – when you commission her, she does um, – she does time-lapse photography. Yeah. So you can see your portrait emerging over the weeks that she does it. It's just amazing. Anyway, I took her portrait of Maisie along with me to the Dragon's Den and put it on the stand because it's 
we use it as our logo. We had a bit of a running with BBC because I hadn't I hadn't taken permission from her to use the, even though I own it. I had to get her permission. So at seven o'clock in the morning, I was phoning her up to speak to the BBC to give me permission to use her picture. Yeah. But she's now jumped on the back of that. She's got photographs of me and her and the picture that she did of Maisie. And she smashed it all over her internet site and Facebook and stuff saying, look out for me on Dragon's Den. Yeah. So you can help one another. Oh, totally. And why don't we? We don't do it often enough, do we? No, absolutely not. Okay, so I'm really conscious of your time, Debbie, because yeah. you've got a very busy, th- got a lot going on. I've got, we've know. got a lot going on. No, you Shopify is going to be melting. Um, if you had, if if somebody said, should I go on Dragon's Den, what would your advice be to them? I would say be prepared for a lot of work. Yeah. Be prepared that it's going to cost you money. There's no doubt about it. We spent a lot of money with, you know, improving our branding, you know, even just something tiny, like we gave each one of the dragons a bag, you know, all of those little things add up. I've never sat down and costed it. It'd be interesting to see how much it actually cost us. Um, We've had to get some legal documentation done and all that. So it's not without its costs. Um, but if you want to accelerate your business, there's absolutely – we have taken last night more sales in one night than we take in three months. Yeah. In one night. And as somebody pointed out to me, most people don't watch stuff live anymore. So who knows what people are going to be doing after that. And the other thing, the other bit of advice I would give you is do your research. If you can speak to somebody that's been on Dragon's Den, find out who they are and contact them. People have been great and given me all sorts of tips. One tip that people didn't give me was that on the night it airs, don't open a bottle of champagne at the end of the night, (laughs) which is what I did last night. So I've been feeling a little bit rocky this morning. Well, I also also drank too much last night because Hmm. I was watching you. (laughs) So, but yeah. Yeah, so do your work. Think think it's going to cost you a lot of time. Think about it costing you a lot of money, potentially. But it will help you get everything in order. It, they're not going to let I, – I never quite understand how people go into the den and come across as not knowing what they're doing. Because you've got to have, you've got to have done so much research and yes. preparation before you walk through the door. The mic's so it all surprises me. But it's worthwhile. I'm, I genuinely think that if we hadn't had the exposure, if we hadn't, if we'd gone all that way and didn't appear on TV, then would it have been a waste of time? No, actually, because we are in a better position because we've gone through the process. Yeah. Yeah. Fabulous. Okay, Debbie, where can people find out more about you? Uh our website www.barkingbags.co.uk um if this is airing in february i might have some chance to respond to emails and stuff but i can't at the moment okay um, yeah i mean i'm we're so bonkers busy at the moment i you know my phone i've had to switch my mobile phone off because i was getting so many calls um uh yeah so contact me that way okay. give me 
give me a call. We've got a new landline number, so I can take calls easily. It's 01908-104977. Marvellous. Okay. Well, I will put all the links to your website and your social media in the show notes for this episode, but I always ask people to save them as well so people can go and go and look if they're listening while they're out and about. Well, Debbie, it's been brilliant having you here, chatting to you, seeing all the stuff that you've done. Have a um, wonderful birthday. What are you going to do, Rachel? What are you, what are you planning on doing? I'm going to go to the beach with the dog in a bit. I've got another I've got another interview to do in a minute um, and then I'm taking the afternoon off. So I will have a lovely okay. day. So thank you. Oh, we'll have a lovely afternoon. I'm hoping, I'm, I'm not at the office now, so I'm hoping that, you know, there, it's all wonderful down there. It's lovely. My phone is just full of people. Congratulations on getting your investment. I was so disappointed that a lot of your stock is already sold out. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, go and enjoy and go and enjoy the rest of the bottle of champagne tonight as well. I will. I will. And thank you again. And I look forward to seeing you soon. Well done. Lovely to speak to you, Rachel. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Publicity for Pet Businesses podcast. For more free resources and ways to promote yourself as a pet entrepreneur, visit www.publicityforpetbusinesses.co.uk.